If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. What is up, everybody? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday night, and that means myself and Brandon Lupian are going to break down the top sports stories of the week. Before we get to that, we always like to give you a little value as to why you need to spend the next half hour to an hour listening to us. And obviously, today is the first day of July. So that means it's a very special holiday for a very special group of people. No Canada, I'm not talking about you. Um, Happy Canada, by the way, but you're not the subject of this. I am, of course, talking about baseball fans. And of course, July 1st, before this year, of course, now July 1st means that uh, spring training has begun. But prior to this year, July 1st meant it's, of course, Bobby Bonilla Day. We all remember 1991 signs a five-year deal for $25 million at the time. That's not really the story. The story is we fast forward to 1999. The Mets are still paying that contract, but Bobby Bonilla sucks. He's terrible. He batted 160, hit four, um, uh, had four home runs, probably was over 300 pounds. Terrible influence on guys, him and Ricky Henderson tearing up dominoes in the uh, clubhouse. But we go to 1999, the Mets need money because they're on uh, track to really make a run at the uh, postseason and, and the World Series. And to their credit, in 2000, they would make the World Series. But in 99, they were given an opportunity to pay Bobby Monia $6 million and he'd go away forever. Instead, they decide to defer the money to a later point. Hello, Bobby Bonilla Day. And this is actually something I didn't know until earlier today. The reason why this happened and the reason why the Mets felt so confident in not paying that $6 million to Bobby Mooney at the time was because they were making so much money, or so they thought, with an investment group in the 90s. And, and they were just making tons of money, and, and the Wilpons were terribly excited. And then all of a sudden, they realized that the head of that insurance or investment group is none other than Bertie Madoff, and that money actually isn't their money. And they've been a part of a Ponzi scheme. It's all blown up in their face, and they still have another 14 years of paying Bobby Bonilla $1.2 million. And the reason why I bring this up is, what do we talk about on this podcast? We talk about businessmen thinking long-term, salesmen thinking short-term. This is the definition of that. The 1999 Mets were thinking short-term. They were thinking about the 2000 Mets. They weren't thinking about the 2020 Mets, where... 14 of their players are going to be paid less than Bobby Bonilla. And pretty much every single one of those players 
is uh, probably one of the better teams. The only player who's really getting paid more than him is Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano, and they're not that amazing. Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, all below Bobby Bonilla's salary. So with that long-winded anecdote, I introduce my partner in crime tonight, the 2016 California Junior College Coach of the Year, or College Coach of the Year in the tennis game, Mr. Brandon Lupian. Brandon, how are you doing tonight, Coach? I'm doing really well, thank you. And that's a great lead into today's show. Um, this is uh, not so much because it's Bobby Bonilla, and, and um, this is actually my mom's birthday today. So happy birthday happy to her, birthday. number 70. We uh, pre-gamed that over the weekend, and uh, she was out in the day. Mask on for sure. Um, I made sure of that, but um, yeah, I'm excited for always Wednesday top stories of the week. Um, short, sweet, and simple to the point. Um, just as a refresher for our listeners, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week. Um, Wednesday to Wednesday is going to be going on for a while up until football season, and we'll probably take it to Saturday. But I bring up football. Because interesting tweet, football's pretty much gotten rid of preseason this year. Um, but with that said, we'll talk about football later in the show. Be first, at first report on Twitter, self, at Portland Sixer on Twitter. We're getting into some baseball. And now that baseball's moving forward, each team's dropping their 60-man roster to the league. We're talking taxi squads. We're talking first-round picks, third-round picks signing, and um, getting going on their major league careers. Brandon, your thoughts? You know, it's 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 great. I mean, even today, it is the day that we are. The spring training 2.0 has begun. Yep. Um, it's it's awesome to see Robert Hassel the third, the Padres' eighth overall pick, in camp now. Everyone needs to temper that we're not going to see Robert Hassel in a major league baseball game this year. And that's fine. He's 18 years old. We're not there. He is there to get work in currently. The, the only players that are getting work in, in a major league setting are going to be the ones that are with the major league team. So there's going to be um, that. And there's a couple others, but there is one guy who I have been kind of talking about and it is Cole Wilcox. And I don't think, it is out of the realm of possibility to think that we could possibly see him. Now, certain things have to go the right way or this or that. Mainly, look, if the Padres, a week left in the season, the Padres are two or three games out, okay, we're not going to see Cole Wilcox. If they're out of it, we might see them, okay? And, and I hope that we don't see him for that reason because I want the Padres to compete, and I think they will compete in a short season. But – we have to kind of temper our expectations. I think there is a chance that we do get to see him, but I wouldn't be heartbroken if we did. I will say we would be remiss if we are talking about baseball, if we didn't bring up Ian Desmond. Um, I, I'm sure we all, most of everyone out there have seen his uh, really powerful, um, I think they were Instagram, Instagram posts. Yeah. Okay, Instagram. yeah, so Instagram yeah. posts. Really breaking um, things down in terms of, why he's not going to play um and i respect i respect it i love it the only thing i would like to know now 
And, um, and this isn't a question of, you know, I really want to know is what's next for Ian Desmond. Right. Um, what is Ian Desmond going to do to get us closer to what he wants? Um, there, there's a lot of um, situations that we can sit here and we can say the right things, but at some time, people in those situations, they need to do the right things. Um, uh, you and, know, and it goes beyond. Oh, it does. And sorry to interrupt, but no, um, perfect. I, I think with his Instagram post, he, he left a list probably from one to one A, one C in regards to his thoughts for his future. And, and I believe number one has to be the health and safety of his family. He has a pregnant wife at home. COVID cases rising. What? So I would say that's one. the social direction or social injustice. Um, 1A, right? Um, his his old stopping rooms, 1A, 1B. You, you know, just yeah. getting, getting more and more. I loved how we reflected on on his past acquaintances and um, and the short or the lack thereof African-Americans in Major League Baseball um, and, and academies across the nation and, and whatnot. Great Instagram post. I respect his, his point of view like I, like I respect everyone else's. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's movement, and I and I think it's going to bring a a top of a, of conversation that everywhere around this nation, topic conversation have to be led and held in regards to whatever it is: family first, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, social injustice around financing these things. You know. I mean, the first thing I thought about when he, when I was reading about the MLB Academy, right, was, oh, well, yeah, well, look at what NCAA does in the AU circuit, where they have these highly rated prospects, and they're on these travel teams, companies like Adidas, Nike, and Under Armour are sponsoring these coaches and teams and giving them free gear and look at the demographics of it, like that's kind of getting pretty institutional in regards to where that money's coming from, who that looks like, and who's benefiting or not benefiting from it in the long run, you know? So, you know, a lot of things struck me in the Instagram post, and I'm glad you brought it up because I think, like, we're reminisce not to bring it up and um i wish him and his family the best of luck in the pregnancy um and i i really would like to move forward in, in regards to what you had to say what's next you know what's next for where he addressed his his little league fields and and whatnot and and what's next that's a great follow-up to this chapter of e professional career, philanthropic career, career after baseball, and not just him, but maybe some other African-Americans 
that are biracial Americans or whatever, and where they come from, because, you know, he's not the only one that has that background, right, from that, that kind of setting. But um, I think his words really hit because some of that old school coaching that he reflected on in regards to what that coach brought to him is missing nowadays because it's so smug and analytics and the numbers behind things. And I find myself as a coach having a hard time dealing with communicating with this generation's players or whatnot because they're so caught up in what I could do for them versus what they could do for themselves in the program. You know, and, and I and in that old school mentality, um, just isn't in coach nowadays. When you have GMs or 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 organizations giving the manager the, the batting lineup, you know, it's kind of questioning, well, why am I even here? Yeah. You know? I saw a quote, you know, if you're not in the coaching for for you know, you gotta coach the people, the player. You know, coach the people before the play, you know, and, and it's I'm, – I'm messing it all up, but it, it, it's really getting lost nowadays from what I'm saying. Ian Desmond really struck struck a, a chord with me. I'm glad you brought it up. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> right? All right, Canada, you take a second, uh, second fiddle to Bobby Bonilla Day. Right, and then 60-man rosters. So hmm. – I, I love – we talked about this yesterday in regard to what some are doing, inter-squad games, right, getting some of these prospects um, some action on a major league level. I think we know 60-man uh, rosters are out. We actually had our first transaction since it lifted, and it just happened to be our local San Diego Padres. Who, uh, and then that, that player to be named later. You know, for Jorge Mateo, a prospect yeah. in Yay's organization. So interesting. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad things are moving. We're all hoping things are moving to some sort of normalcy. It, it's been interesting to kind of see the way teams have built. And I haven't been. I have to be fair. I have kind of mainly focused on the National League West in terms of theirs, and even theirs. I mean, you can put a you can put a thumb or you can put a name down. Um, and they could be a top prospect. I mean, I know baseball, but I'm sorry. I don't know the top five Brewers prospects off the top of my head, how they're going to project or anything like that. But if I look at the Padres and most of the, the NL West teams, it's, it's, the, it's the balance of now and later um, in terms of what are they building for in the beginning? Because this is, this is not a 162 game. Okay, everybody, let's Let's ease into it. This is, hey, you've been on a three-game slide. You're sitting down. Like, whoa, what? Like, we don't have time for you to get this figured out. So what we got to do, we got to find these guys, and we got to find these players. And now don't get me wrong. Fernando Tatis Jr. go down for three, uh, gets in a slump for three, uh, three games, or Mike Trout, okay, that's not going to happen. But these expendable guys who normally have two weeks to three weeks to kind of ride out maybe a, a 170 slump, but hey, I played okay defense, above average defense. That's not gonna that 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 leash is a lot shorter. So we're gonna have to find that in the betting angles and find that those players, and I hate to say it, and I don't mean to sound callous, it's just the guy who taught 
bumped off the top of my head, but unfortunately, Ian Desmond is a guy like that. Um, he's he's kind of a he's a he's a a guy who's always going to have competition at his position. He's never right. going to just be fully given the job. There are plenty of other players like that. Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, plenty Austin Hedges, plenty of guys in this city. Uh, just off the top of my head, but the the teams that have so much depth, like the Dodgers like the Braves, like the Yankees when they're healthy, those top-notch guys, the Kike Hernandezes, or maybe the Kike Hernandez who are pushing the guys out because there is so much depth, they know that they have to perform very quickly. What teams are going to live up to that pressure? And it comes back to me when it comes to the betting angles, it's about veteran teams and veteran managers. I saw a very interesting tweet Um and I forget who it was, uh, but I, th- I think it was NBA player. I want to say Kemba Walker. And he said, look, I'm, I'm single. I don't have kids. Staying in the house is no problem to me. And that dawned on me, whoa, that is a betting angle for us. And now I know that's basketball, but in terms of baseball too, okay, all these athletes are going to be in the same scenario. We're going to be sequestered to hotels you're pretty much only going to really have face-to-face contact with your players and your opposing coat, whatever, you know, those people. How do you deal with that? How, how does now Ian Desmond isn't going to happen, but how does a guy who, who's, who usually could go take three or four days when his wife gives birth, what's going to happen now? What, what does, does that guy now say, Hey, we played 30 games. I got to go see my kid get born. And that team go, well, that gives you two weeks. Your season's over. I mean, Done. Those are those are things that we need to find, and those are the angles that we will find because they're going to become prevalent to us. And I think the mindset of the athlete this year is more important than anything I've ever – or than any year, um, especially because it's in every single sport. Every single sport is dealing with this. We've had times where the NBA is – you know, what, starting in January 1st because they had a walkout. Well, we had hockey or we had football. This is the first time that all these sports are in the same boat or literally in the same hotel room. Yeah. You know? And how are these guys going to keep themselves? It's going to come down to self-policing. The teams that take this shit seriously, the teams that don't go party with the girls, um, that don't go sneak out um, because the coaches can't be everywhere, Players are going to have to pick up some personal responsibility. And I said, I wrote an article in my podcast uh, on the MLB. There's a good chance that the biggest X factor in MLB this year are teams training staff, how they can police you, how they can keep you healthy. Because we're not just talking COVID here. You have a, 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 a strained oblique four to six weeks. Normally ah, it happens in, May, whatever, we'll see you uh, right before the All-Star break. Now, four to six weeks, we'll see you next spring. Your season's over. We're not going to deal. We don't have – we can't keep you. So these are betting angles that as we get closer to the season, we're going to hear quotes like what we heard from Kemba Walker. Oh, Kemba Walker, single guy. Hey, we hear Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, single guy. Might be in the same boat. And not everybody's going to be in that same boat, trust me. Some people, whether you're single or not, need to get out of the house you know right. i think it's more of an introvert thing rather than if you're married or have kids but that would be kind of the last thing i have on the baseball thing in terms of where we are and i will also put my hands up and say 
I still am not, I think it's still 60, 65, 35, uh, 65 being that we will not get baseball this year. I think something in the next 23 days is going to happen. We saw the Mexican baseball league. The only thing I'll say to that, um, with all due respect to the Mexican baseball league, I don't think they're leaving billions of dollars on the table. Um, so their decision was probably a little easier. The biggest problem with baseball and all these other sports is how much money they're leaving on the table. You know, they'll sit here and say safety first, safety first, money first, pay everybody out, and then we'll deal with safety. And that's, that's really what it is. Um, and with baseball, they're in a, 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 there's so much time from now until June or uh, July 23rd. I mean, that's, that's pretty much six months compared to how everything's been going this year. So be very interesting, but when, if we do get baseball, make no doubt about it, this is the best podcast to be ready for uh, baseball to make money off of it. Guaranteed. It's funny. We, cause uh, we talked about this the other day in regards to the KBO. Watch that first couple of weeks. You're going to see that hamstring pull. You're going to have that growing pull uh, in the first couple of weeks of the MLB season. And then what? You know? I mean, three years ago, what, Corey Spangenberg injured a quad first game of the season, and he was done for the rest of the year? Yeah. Like, a complete year. Like, what a joke. Right? I mean, I think I still have a quad tear from, like, 1994. You know? But great lead into – you know, our 60-man rosters, MLB, you know, oh, moving forward, the NFL has made some news this week. Um, Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. Is he healthy? I hope so. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a healthy Cam Newton uh, replace – uh, aging Tom Brady out in uh, New England, you know, and you're never going to, how's that going to affect those New England inflated lines, right? Um, NFL is what started this podcast. It's our bread and butter. And, and I think we're all itching uh, to get back into it. But um, I, I shot this over to you yesterday um, with Cam signing with New England. It doesn't look so easy for the bills to run away. Or not even the Bills, but I mean, we don't know what Miami's going to do. My, Miami was, and Brian Flores, what they mm-hmm. did last season, like, wow. You know, with Tom Brady leaving, I'm sure those front offices were pretty excited. Bringing in camp, yeah. Probably slowed the celebration down along with COVID, just not in Florida. Florida never stopped celebrating, even with COVID. Your thoughts? You know, this this is interesting to me. Um, and I think one of the main reasons you brought it up, definitely, the Bills for sure. But the Dolphins as well. I think the Dolphins, look, Brian Flores might have been fired because he won too many games last year. I mean, there were people in that front office who went, wait, we have the fourth overall. No, we went, we tried really hard to make sure that you were going to lose near nearly every single game. And thanks for Tua. This, exactly. For Tua. And they got lucky that Burrow went up and, and Tua um, hurt himself. I mean, not, I, I don't want to, you know, right. they got lucky he got hurt, but it, it worked right. out for him. And it did. A, a thing that also needs to be thought about is um, 
the Jets are also now. I, I, I've I've been watching Sam Darnold since he was a true freshman at USC. Yep. And you, if you watch Sam Darnold's highlights, if if you watch four his four best passes from every single game, you will swear he's the greatest quarterback you've ever seen. And then you will watch the game and you will ask why does he insist on throwing into triple coverage? And if he can work that out, the NFC or the AFC East will there is a chance that in by the end of the year, Cam Newton might be the fourth best quarterback in that league in that division. Maybe, but I'm glad you brought up Sam Darnold because yeah, he threw into triple and quad coverage at USC, but yet he was never disciplined about it and he never mm-hmm. learned it. And it's becoming a very negative habit. Kind of like Josh's boy, Pornopolo. Mm-hmm. Loves to throw those INTs. Because it's, it, it's a habit. Darnold, he can run out of pressure, force a throw into double or triple coverage, and because he got away with it back in the day, it's so subconsciously deep in that mindset, I could continue to do it. Um, I, I remember USC quarterback Rob Johnson selected by Buffalo. And Jim Kelly says, you'll never get a Southern California quarterback to perform well in the Northeast. At that moment, he was talking about the Bills. Then you've had Mark Sanchez in in New York. We're seeing Sam Darnold in New York. There's others that have played for Buffalo. Who's the only one since Jim Kelly that's had some success? A kid from Wyoming who's been able to deal with those elements, right? Not much in in since, you know? Well, and to be fair, as an SC fan, um, yeah. Matt Leinert, uh, he went he went to the hottest place in the world and he still sucks. So. <laughs> but but there but there's but it's true, it's not QB you, it's running back you. It's right. it's bad. There's a chance that um that Rob Johnson was the most successful uh, college quarterback. Or I'm, I'm sorry, no, the most successful quarterback in the next at the next level. And that's sad. I'm sorry, with all due respect to Rob Johnson, but some of the talent that's gone through there. I mean, John David Booty, or I'm sorry, no, no, no. Matt Castle was drafted out of USC. He might be the second best quarterback, and he didn't play a single snap for USC. I mean, just sorry, I kind of went on a tangent because he brought up USC, but but that's what this guy this show does. We bring we go off little tangents, and that's fine. But oh man, I was like, Josh Dan Booty. Don't no, talk about LSU right now. We yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like Man Castle. You know, he 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 as a starter in the NFL, he went eleven five for the New England Patriots. That was one game shy of getting to the playoffs. Right, that was their only non-playoff year. You know, and Brady was. I forgot what Brady was out for, but he was out that season. But an eleven and five starting record, your only season. He got rewarded. I think where he signed with Kansas City after. He got rewarded financially. I'm sure he's pretty set. I mean, if he was working with Ecosystems Business Concierge, I'm sure he'd be a little bit more set than, than he is now. But, you know, yeah, money, money. But, you know, look at Matt Barkley did not have a bad USC career. Drafted in the second round by your Philadelphia Eagles, right? Uh, did we draft? I know he was on there. Um, he was I, on the roster. 
Yeah, I, we also had Mark Sanchez. Like I've, to be honest, there have been a lot of quarterbacks that I've been like, oh man. Um, but yeah, I know he was on our team. He might have been drafted. I definitely know he was with us. We might have drafted him. But I'm thinking Chicago '82. You know, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's another Southern California QB that just doesn't do well in cold weather environments. And just to go I back to King. I I the I think the real interesting part of this is this is a new toy for Bill Belichick. Bill right. Belichick has never had a mobile quarterback. Um, now, obviously, he hasn't needed, and he's been just fine with the statue that is Tom Brady. But Josh harps on it all the time. You pick up three to four first downs with your legs as a quarterback, you're gonna win seventy percent of your games. And this right. is a this is something that believe me, if if a coach especially a defensive coach that Bill Belichick is, but he's just such a complete coach though, that he will, he, there is something he's been beat by so many running quarterbacks throughout the years that he's, he's almost kind of waited like, Oh, now I got it. I'm going to, and it's very important to Belichick, his ego. He wants to, he doesn't care who is the quarterback. He will not retire until he wins another Super Bowl without a quarter or with another quarterback not named Tom Brady because he wants to be able to say, hey, I was the reason it happened. Tom Brady was a sixth round pick without me. And vice versa with Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants to go to Tampa Bay and prove I'm the reason it happened. Belichick was a failed coach in the Northeast before he got his hands on me. And those are the little grudge matches that we can make money off on. And the, the, the lines, I love that you talked about the inflated lines for New England. The lines for New England were going to be inflated anyway because of Belichick. Right. And now we're getting Cam Newton. And I'm, we talked about it before the podcast. I'm, I think Cam Newton is one of the biggest – okay, well, somebody who has wasted so much talent. He is a physical specimen. He is Michael Vick if Michael Vick had quarterback size. Not digging the hair, though. Sorry? Not digging the hair, though. Oh, well, no. Well, that's a whole other story. I love I, I mean, my mom loves his uh, postgame, um, uh, his, uh, what is his get-up. She absolutely loves it. But if that's your franchise quarterback, sorry, I don't think a ton of people are going to be terribly happy. But in regards to those lines, Anyone that hasn't listened to the podcast, right? because it's an educational podcast, we give you reasons why we think every gosh darn team, and that's the five to six of us, talk about our picks and we're going with it. The average Joe that wants to pick up sports betting is going to think Cam Newton or what's the kid's name? Chase Stedham? Stedham's the- uh, Jared Stedham. Jared Stedham, right? I think I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Oh, 100%. Go with that pick versus Jared Stedham against over under or the spread or whatnot. Yeah, my confidence level is is locked and loaded, you know. So we've had those discussions as far as, you know, some of those misconceptions or or even just kind of going with our favorite teams. And we all know – you know, our rules, right? Um, but, you know, getting that, that rookie bet out there, I'm going to go with Cam. And I think he's going to win this game without thinking, can he cover? But you brought up a good point. Belichick's first quarterback, first quarterback with leg, 
that's going to get that first down and and let's talk about the offensive coordinator McDaniel's right mm-hmm. right when was the last time he had a mobile quarterback that was Tim Tebow Tim Tebow won a, a playoff game right Tim Tebow <laughs> was a running back who could throw the ball over 15 yards okay like above average so they were like all right we'll let it work yeah but that's all the that's all college quarterbacks are nowadays right well, and that speaks to Josh McDaniel. If Josh McDaniel can get something out of Tebow, he's going to get something out of Cam Newton. And I don't say and, – and when I say he's a waste of – I don't mean he's not talented. Yeah. There is just – when he came out of college and came out of Auburn, I remember that Auburn – it was Auburn and Oregon. I didn't think anybody could beat um, – Mariota. Was it Mariota? Yeah, Mariota. It was Mariota. Okay. But the, Cam Newton beat him the year before, and it was – I didn't think anybody could stop Oregon. And then for whatever reason, I just wasn't watching SEC. And then I see this Cam Newton guy come out of nowhere. And he was, he's a video game player. Like that's the guy you create. Don't tell me he's you Bo feel Jackson. bad because he's so good. Yeah. Don't tell and, me he's Bo Jackson. Bo, Bo, Bo. Well, no, he's definitely not Bo. No, he's not Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. No, he's, he's not there. He's, He's the Madden version of what Sun created as a quarterback. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and, are like and 99s. He, he could have got there, but I think his – I hate – I just think that he, he didn't go all in. It wasn't – if he had Tom Brady's mindset, I mean, Cam Newton might be – I mean, he the, – the world would be his. He would be the LeBron James of uh, football. He would own the world if he was just – if he just – assert himself i'm not sure what it is i i, okay, so, I just don't think football is that important as as important as it should be to him which is fine i just don't think he's going to get that amount of talent out of it so here's this then right here's this conundrum right newton has never had a defense or a head coach a defensive headed head coach like belichick i'm not talking ron rivera defense head coach but a defense the majority of his career as a New England or Belichick defense has given Brady, right? So maybe that's that just adds a little bit more to a commitment level. You know, you go to New England, you talk to Robert Kraft, you talk to Bill Belichick, the expectation is Super Bowl or bust. You know, that could push a guy as talented as him over the edge and surprise some things, right? I just think- one last thing on Cam is yep. for me, the players that I think are that next level or great are the guys that, okay, Cam won that MVP. He took his team to the Super Bowl. What happened next year? He regressed. Yeah. Okay. That isn't, that's it. Now that's the norm. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to be elite and you want, and like I think Cam could be, could have been. It, it needs to be not even I got better, but I mean, he regressed bad to the point where it was like, uh-oh, what? I mean, I remember thinking, was he on steroids? Like, there's no way. Like, he's a big guy. Like, what happened? What happened last year? And I honestly do believe it was the press conference after the Super Bowl because he took a lot of flack for that, um, for walking out, which I think is one of the stupidest things ever. I'm sorry. You just lost the Super Bowl, and you're going to put a microphone in this guy's face, and you're not going to like his reaction. Get out of here. 
Give them, a, give them four hours if you really yeah, but, want a sound bite. Yeah. I mean, that's raw emotion. Do you want the sound bite or do you want the news story? Because you have to make a decision. It's the only reason you put a microphone in front of an athlete after they lose is to get a sound bite. It's not a story at that point. It's to get a sound bite. Is that impulse and control? <laughs> I think so, honestly. And, and right. it's, it's the way the media is. It's, it's now like we've talked about. It's no longer who's right. It's who's first. Right. And... And even with and with Cam Newton, I really thought I think it affected him so much because he was on such a high level. He was doing those play sixty video or the commercials. He was yeah. the, pretty much the face of the NFL. Was the NFL. Yeah. And and it, it it looked bad, but for me it was we can't expect these people to be just amazing Superman human beings. Right, right. Seconds at, like you, you have a terrible day at work and someone's going to run up on you as you're walking to your car. You're probably going to do something you're not, uh, you should probably not want to, or you should probably want to take back, you know? Okay. It's a raw emotion. And I felt like he's been, he was unfairly scrutinized for that. And he's never really gotten over that. And it's sad, but at the same time, you do kind of need to, hey, let's go. We got to keep moving, you know? It's over. It's done with. You made a mistake. Let's go. Keep moving forward. And I don't think he's ever really truly been able to do that. To recover. I mean, she's on that mental note, man. Moving forward. I mean, and he's coming over. He's, he's getting over some injuries. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I wish Cam the best of luck, just not against my team, you know. And um, so be first at first report. NAL's making some news. They've, they've what? Discovered a spot. They've they announced their hub cities. Announced a hub base. Yes. Um, it's Where are we uh, Toronto and Edmonton. Now, in Canada? Yeah. Exactly. My thoughts exactly, Brandon. I, I didn't think, I thought after a couple weeks ago, yeah. after the, Canada pretty much did lockdown 2.0, that okay, the Canadian cities are off the table. Right. So for me to hear this, I. I hate to say it, but what it sounds like to me and it looks like to me, it looks like self-sabotage. It looks like the NHL is putting themselves in a position to fail so that they can look at their fans and go, well, we tried. I mean, Vegas was nixed a week ago um, because there was a spike. I mean, to Canada, the entire country is shut down. How are you going to bring in 22 team or, um, yeah. 24 teams. I, I mixed up with uh, basketball, but 24 teams. They're going to have triple headers pretty much for the entirety of August. I, I, I really honestly believe the NHL is setting themselves up to fail. As bad as the NBA is, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, as bad as the MLB is when it comes to their labor negotiations and stuff like that, at least MLB has a rev revenue stream in the B's, in, I mean billions. I love hockey. But hockey is not on the level with basketball, NFL, and baseball. Um, there is still money to be left on the table. But when you look at a guy like Sidney Crosby, the highest paid player, and he's making $10 million a year. I mean, yeah. if you're seven foot and you can dribble a basketball, you make $20 million a year in the NBA. Just that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So I, that's, what it, that's what it seems like to me. Because it, it came out of nowhere. To, I mean, we knew that the cities were going to be announced. Yeah. One canadian city would have been like that's weird too it's now you got the east coast and the west coast of canada like it it sounds like self-sabotage to me 
I'm glad you brought it. I'm glad it was due to me in this this manner because as you look at it self-sabotage, maybe I'm just looking at, I want to choose to look at it in a different direction and say, you know what, the Canadian, the NHL, the Canadian government has said, you know what, United States has failed in, in its COVID protection or COVID whatever, and it being an election year, they're more worried about votes versus antibodies and vaccines. You know what, let's just shut our borders to the U.S. because they're screwed as is. And let's get boys, meaning every NHL or those 24 NHL teams as their boys, and let's get them up to Canada, crack open a couple of Foster, put the puck down, and uh, put our guys in a bubble. Now, what surprises, though, is that they're going from Edmonton to Toronto? Well, it's going to be the way I would understand it. It's not going to be travel between. It's just going to okay. be half in Edmonton, half in Toronto. I would assume East uh, Eastern Conference in yeah, um, Toronto, Western Conference in Edmonton. Um, now, another thing which had actually just dawned on me, the NHL, this – I still don't quite understand how this worked. It was really one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. The NHL had their draft lottery this past Friday. And most people are familiar with the draft lottery um, – the teams that don't make the playoffs, you have um, a certain percentage to get that pick. They pull ping pong balls. It's to stop tanking or to dis- to right. stop teams from tanking. So there's more teams in the NA, uh, in the playoffs this year, eight more to be exact. So there were eight spots in the lottery that didn't have anywhere to go. Where it's literally going to be a lottery 2.0 after the first round of the playoffs start. Pretty much when we go down from 24 to 16, those eight teams are going to have their own lottery, and they've already been slotted. We're just going to find what team goes into what slot. Yeah. Well, after the brilliance of the NHL. (laughs) Gary Bettman, right? The number one overall pick is now going to a team that is currently in the playoffs right now. Um, and, and, and it's incredibly, and we talk about self-sabotage. <laughs> they're really good at the self-sabotage, but they're oh. also really good at setting things up to work in the um, NHL's favor. The three um, highest odds of getting the number one overall pick, Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks, Pittsburgh Penguins. Three huge markets in the NHL. Not huge markets in the world, but in the NHL, those are three huge markets. And the number one overall pick is a, is a generational talent from Montreal, French, uh, uh, French Canada, French Canadian. So it's, it's, I'm telling you this right now. The Montreal Canadiens will lose in their uh, first round. They will get the number one overall pick. So they will be the 12th team in the Eastern Conference, be able to say they made the playoffs, and then get the number one overall pick on the other side, all while the NHL goes, huh, wow, that, that worked out weird, didn't it? That's a coincidence. Kind of like when the New York Knicks got Patrick Queen. <laughs> That's, oh, man, incredible. Those conspiracy theorists, they have no merit at all, huh? Incredible. <laughs> That was great, 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 great work on the NHL in the background of the hub cities. Interesting points of view, um, yours versus mine. 
that's all it is. And, and we're here and we're able to respect each other's points of view, you know, and, and we, we've talked about some COVID stuff in our past podcast. You, uh, you've mentioned some MLS guys coming down with it. The number of NBA guys are coming down with it. And, uh, Rudy Gobert still not recovering the way we all expect um, people that have had it and recover from it. Um, and people are missing those long-term effects that COVID attacking the lungs, other parts of different systems in the body. So as our cities, well, uh, let's just say as our cities and counties start to shut down in California, out in Arizona, Texas, and Florida, man, like, what is it going to say for our sports scene moving forward? Um, the NFL has actually decided to cancel the first four weeks of the playoffs. Uh, preseason, sorry. Preseason. So other than their draft and some free agent signings, and other than that, that's like the first negative look or negative post I've heard from the NFL. So you know, we could all just hope that we're having a season in, in – and everyone's going to stay healthy and, and there's going to be a vaccine soon. We talked about the KBO and their success, but I think what we're missing about missing out on about their success and Taiwan's success and other countries' successes, they're taking this, this COVID-19 thing a whole lot more scientifically um, without like financial gains involved and, um, and are really following some of their own strict guidelines, I guess you could say, you know? Well, and I think oh. another thing with that KBO is it is the self-policing. It's that, do you, like, you have to take, okay, personally for myself, just today, you know, my, I live with my grandmother, uh, you know, I take care of her as best possible. And, you know, I usually go grocery shopping, but you know what, she's, She's been locked in the house for four months. She goes, you know what? I want to just go to Vaughn's today. It, okay, you know, it scared me. But you know what? Let her, she put her gloves on. She's got her mask on. And coming in, take the, take the gloves off, sanitize immediately. We need to take it seriously. And just one other thing. I know everyone's yelling about masks and wear your mask. 100% wear your mask. But more importantly, wear your mask correctly. Okay, yeah. your nose, it needs to go over your nose. Believe me, I know it sucks. I hate it. It's incredibly, my sunglasses fog up. These two <laughs> guys both have glasses. Believe me, all right, it's tough, but it needs to go over the nose. Okay, I, I saw the thing with wearing pants. Okay, do you walk around with your fly out and your willy out? But I got pants on. Well, yeah, but you need to cover that up too, okay? <laughs> But when it comes, the thing that I was, um, and I, the, this, the MLS thing, I did actually just see, I didn't even read the article. I just saw it before. So I'm not 100%. But what concerned me was these players tested positive in the bubble of Orlando, which is kind of like, uh-oh, like, do we bring the NBA there? I mean, if it was before they get to Orlando, oh, shoot. Okay, quarantine for two weeks in yeah. wherever, but if they're getting this in their bubble, and I'm not sure if that's the case, the, the headline, believe me, you have right. to read the article. Headlines are incredibly, incredibly deceptive. So I'm not right. saying, but that's the way the headline made it, and that would concern me. But I will say this, the 
my uh, my little final thought is, and my uh, Josh has his mental health for everybody, and this will be for me because this is what's gotten me through. Is if we do everything we're supposed to, and we get sports back in July, and everything goes as planned, we're gonna have so much sports. I mean, like almost to the point where it's like, oh my god, I need a day. I mean, not just not just wow, we got baseball. We have a whole thing of baseball. We have triple header of playoffs in basketball and the uh, and the NBA. Or I'm sorry, and the NHL. We got football right around the corner. If we do what we need to do and the sports start and everything goes the way, we will be in sports heaven. Absolutely. We make a lot of money doing that. And as we talk about on this podcast, we're transparent. We don't hide behind a paywall. We don't charge you $50 for you to realize, oh, wow, these guys are hitting at 30%. I paid $50 to see their, their per winning percentage. Shit, I'm screwed. Right. Me? We, ours are all on Twitter and we're actually going to make it even easier for you this year. We're actually just going to put out a spreadsheet on Twitter. You don't have to go back and forth or this or that. They're going to be sitting right there. Okay. They're going to have timestamps when they're edited and all that stuff. Believe me. I know there's going to be the, Oh, it's Photoshop, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. fine. If you really want to believe that that's fine. But the real people know you want to make money. Listen to the podcast. It's that easy. And like I said, we are about to hopefully, like I said, I know earlier they were in the, it was in the lower percentage, but if we get sports and everything goes back, man, we are going to be just balls deep in balls, literally. <laughs> awesome final thoughts. Brandon first, you can find him at first report on Twitter. I'm Brandon Lupin. You can find me at Portland 76er. Check out the ESBC podcast network website. We've attached the link to our tweets love those things like those things retweet we're i hope that doesn't sound like a beg because it really isn't but you know what like hey we like to interact with with you our listeners and and uh, the only way we're able to do that is, is if you uh reach back to us but um another awesome show a great final thought and you know what finishing up I think when you enjoy what you're doing you get where you want to go the legendary basketball coach Steve Fisher said that, and we are out. We will see you next Wednesday. And since this started, each week grown now that sports is becoming more and more of a topic. And we will see you next Wednesday with more and, you know, moving forward. So you guys have a good night. Thank you for listening. And uh, be first, thank you for another wonderful show. Thank you. We'll see y'all next week. Yes, sir.